Okay, welcome back to Malleable Minds. Today, we have Taryn on board. So, thank you. If you just want to say a quick little uh, hello to yeah. everyone. Yeah, oh, I'm glad to be here. Super stoked to be on Byron's podcast, um, Malleable Minds, is that right? Malleable Minds, that's yeah, it. Yeah, very excited. So thanks for having me. Yeah, no, no worries, man. Thanks for coming on, especially on a Saturday too. I know, you know, sometimes people are busy, but um, yeah, like we were just saying before, it's cool that uh, you live so close too. So Taryn and I, well, we both were, I actually remember you from when I was at Southside, I believe, because you've been there at doing Muay Thai there for uh, Yeah, since around June 21, yeah. Okay. So about, yeah, when did year I and a half now. Year, year and a half, almost two years, yeah, almost two years. But, uh, year and three yeah, I've, I'm almost certain that I remember seeing you around there. There was a fair few, fair few people at the club, but we um, got in contact again because we <laughs> struggled, <laughs> suffered together doing Mount Lofty. Uh, it was probably two weeks. Two yeah, weeks two now? weeks. Yeah, two yeah. weeks ago. That was yeah, gnarly. <laughs> yeah. So um, and then we we're just chatting. You were actually talking about like finance stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that was the. I mean, that is what I am interested in in, in getting into um, at some point. But kind of before that, I'd be interested for myself and then for everyone who's listening. If you were to, um, how would we say? If you were to list some of just your main interests, um, how would you? Yeah. What would you say to that? Main interest at the moment, um, well, always been is definitely like finance and, and business is like one of them. Uh, for me, music, love my music. So, um, you know, guitar, always love guitar, and then electric or acoustic um so i started with spanish it's a spanish acoustic oh, guitar nice. and then it went to a bit more bluesy stuff then i did electric um so i'm just kind of on and off with it at the moment but love it red hot chili peppers is my favorite band of all oh, yeah. time nice um live at Slane castle that that whole set or concert is the best thing i've ever seen um mm-hmm. and then yeah for anyone who knows me i love house tech house and techno mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's it and then apart from that um i'm really interested i guess you know Muay Thai martial arts and yeah I think um fitness health and main thing is um as of late is definitely psychology like just understanding how the mind works and mm. yeah so um and we were talking about that when we um were coming down from Lofty the the overlap between finance and just economics I think more generally um, and then psychology too yeah so I can see that there's a bit of a like a bit of an overlap there so in any one of those, I guess start wherever you want to. How, how did how have you got into that kind of field? I mean, we could start with um, Muay Thai if you want to. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll start with that one because um, it's a bit more recent. I'll remember a fair bit. With me starting into Muay Thai, was just purely for giving myself discipline and fitness. It's just about to better my mind because I always found that if I had a lot of time on my hands um, or I feel like I'd make a lot of unstable decisions. So for me, I've done a lot of like, silly things <laughs> growing up and taken a lot of risks. Um, I think with Muay Thai, I was like, all right, this is going to at least get me grounded. It's going to give me routine. And it's going to allow me to, you know, channel all this excess excess energy that I put in, I guess, you know, activities that aren't necessarily benefiting me mm. into something that's, um, you know, it is going to benefit me and, you know, allow me to focus on the things that I want to do. Yeah. So that's kind of how I started yeah, Muay Thai. So moving into that, when you started getting into it, was 
was it um, consistent with what you were expecting to get out of it or were there things that came up that were a bit like, oh, right, okay, I didn't expect this? Yeah, um, when I started, it was pretty like, yeah, um, uh, it's exactly what I expected, you know, um, it's pushing me and all that. I found with me, I have a very addictive personality. Okay. And so I kind of caught, like found myself getting completely 100% immersed mm. in Muay Thai. And I was just like, all that was on my mind was like, this is it. I had all these other things I wanted to do, but I just like, you know, met some cool people, Benny being one of them. And I was like, man, he thinks the same. Oh, this is sick. He's fighting. I'm putting my heart and soul into this. Mm. I kind of, I think... Like, yeah, I didn't expect it to take that turn. <laughs> mm. And then I definitely yeah, went really hard at it. Um, and then I also learned that, okay, maybe just... I think what it's taught me over the past year and a half is how to balance my different um, energies into different kind of topics. Because I went overboard into that. Mm. And I realized, hang on, there's still all these other things you want to do. <laughs> so was that from the, ver- from the get-go? It was, you got into it, you started doing some training... And then you're going, I want to fight. Like, yeah. <laughs> from the get-go. So, yeah. yeah, it was literally yeah. um, after the first, like I think, couple of sessions, I was like, well, I'm doing this. Like, forget just the fitness side. No, I've got to fight. Now. Yeah. <laughs> it just got police. So I went, what? <laughs> so did you, uh, um, um, did that translate just jumping into the finance yeah. thing, which is because uh, a couple of years ago, I you know, when Bitcoin was, was booming. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I'm interested in, in what this is about, talking to other people. Um, I definitely wouldn't call myself a fanatic <laughs> or even really not that knowledgeable about it at all. Um, but it's a different ball game when, you, when you're putting kind of money on the line. So did you find the same experience jumping into finance? Was there this, uh, did you have to check yourself to try and pull back of going, mm-hmm. all right, yeah Um, yeah yep so that i think it's that self-evaluation and awareness of where you're deviating from the path that you set originally Mm. and i think that that's a massive thing because um yeah just being able to identify i think wow you know my money's on the line okay your emotions are in play now Mm. and then and the same thing not say money but you know my for me with Muay Thai maybe my ego was on the line mm. you know and ego money those things mm. and tell you what together they do not go well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do not go well but in two different sections they both though can be very detrimental to your overall I think success I mean yeah. like money if you can control your emotions with it fantastic but money usually does at the start especially in finance and all that when you mm. see op- opportunities is greed mm. and greed can really affect your trajectory so i think um yeah i did i did notice that a lot coming into the whole finance game Mm. i think i was trying to do muay thai to (laughs) to kind of balance out you know Mm. but i did find it all kind of i felt like i feel like a big like a like a weapon i wasn't Mm. at all don't get me wrong if you see me i'm not a weapon (laughs) but no but having that meant well i guess somewhere in that mindset is um there's something that I can achieve here. Yeah. So I think that there is definitely some worth in, like if I'm, if I'm going for a run or something like that, like I went away for New Year's and I was going for a run in the morning and, you know, it's holiday time. So not too many other people were going for 
a run or maybe they were doing it later on the day, yeah. I'm not sure. But regardless, not really seeing anybody around. It was only a small town too. I'm telling myself like, yes, you're the best. I'm the best runner in this town. Like, you fuck know yeah. I mean? like, There's nobody you, else running. Like, who like, gives a fuck? It's <laughs> like, yeah. you got to be your own hype sometimes yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you said, I mean, you said before um, that you had a journey or you had, what did you say? What was the words? A path that you wanted to follow in finance when you got into it. So yeah. what was your, how did that door open up to you? And then how did you know that there was a, particular path that you wanted to follow yeah all right that's that's a really good question so i would have to just probably start a little bit before it which is like um even i guess growing up i was always just like my, i read rich dad poor dad when i was a kid that's robert and, kiyosaki yeah, yeah robert kiyosaki and i was like year eight i reckon year, year six or year it was really? real early yeah i read it real early that so is like, early. um i think it's like maybe year, year seven or it's between year six and eight anyway that book just like talks about these four quadrants, you know, self-employed, um, employee, uh, business owner, then investor or whatever. It's like the third and fourth quadrants. I was like, well, that sounds cool. Mm. And, and just from that, my whole mindset was like, all right, well, I want to always go try different stuff. So, I mean, I was just trying like buying and selling um, skateboards, a daily grind down, um, you know, on Hindley Street when I was a thing. On the, and then I would also do like, I tried blogging when I was in year eight, like just to like get people to click on ads, try that, um, try like a network marketing thing. Um, and then, so that was like all fails by the way, like the flipping long was just a fun thing, I guess. But, um, and then I ended up yeah, going to uni and then I was never really a uni person, did engineering for two years and hated it. So I quit. <laughs> Why engineering? Um, well, just, I guess, you know, I guess my family was more, you know, you want to make sure you get a good job, mm -hmm. you know. So they were like, you know, be an engineer and so that. I guess maybe in any culture, it is more about, you know, doctor, lawyer, mm. you know, engineer. In, sorry, in? In Indian culture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, that's why I did it. But then I just knew it wasn't for me. Mm. And then from that, I knew um, I pretty much started doing some business stuff with um, one of my mates. Um, and that was like doing a clothing brand next. And then doing, then we did, um, like a small entrepreneur event that turned out being like then we started doing like boat parties and all that kind of stuff and then it's all kind of and then yeah I moved to Adelaide and that's when I was like you know what I heard about forex trading and I was like where everything just kind of like clicked for me I was like damn that's real I'd, I would like to unpack that a little bit more because that's a fair few yeah, different it's, yeah it's things all, yeah. so so you would say that stemmed are you saying that, that stemmed in large part from reading that rich dad yeah poor dad that book? changed everything like i just kind of was like at some point something's possible i want to be in that um those quadrants or whatever yeah um but i didn't have the maturity as well growing up you know like there's a lot of yeah. like a lot of those kind of hurdles so and getting the experience under your belt yeah. which it sounds like was what you were trying to do and what so you said a small entrepreneurial event yeah organized it was just like um we would some one of my best mates tom um, not my best friend Tom <laughs> he's, uh, we were doing a clothing brand and we realised like why are we trying to do this we just wanted to do business together mm. um, and we're like well fuck clothing like I don't really give a shit yeah, okay. and he's like well let's do events he had experience in events um, and so like more like parties and nightclub stuff and I was like well we should do an event together and all we did it was like a small one in Adelaide um, like 
was, the brand was called Obtain Success back then. That's what we labeled it, trying to get like-minded people together and all that. Yeah. Um, so we did this one event um, just at the Pullman or Crown. It was like, I think we were like 35 people. And we got a few speakers in and stuff. Not not like crazy TEDx speakers or anything. We had like Robin Freeth, who was like an Adelaide TEDx person. Yeah. But it was more just like little interviews down like, um, you know, a red carpet with the media, we'll take some photos, just like a network. Wow. But it was a very small event, but it was like, oh, that was pretty cool. For um, sure. And that was like kind of, we were like, all right, there are some people who do business in this area. They're doing quite well. And that's kind of really where I was like, all right, well, there's all these people actually doing pretty cool things. And I was mm. like, well, I definitely want to be around these people, be one of those people, you know? Mm. And from there, that's when it kind of was like, all right, well, we should do an events business together. <laughs> so then we were going to do another entrepreneur one. And then we thought, you know what, though? I like getting people. I think we, I, I love people. Yeah. So in the end, it was just, it wasn't even about necessarily who, but people who are good energy. I want to get people around me. So then we kind of just started doing, yes, yeah, small little events like a rooftop party, which wasn't entrepreneur related. We're just like, let's just bring people in to have a good time. Mm. <laughs> so that wasn't necessarily to make any money off of it. Just no, to, I think, um, I mean, like if you got some, then that's great. Yeah. But it wasn't to, I think, um, we wanted, I mean, some money, I mean, we did want to make money, yes, but yeah. it was also like, I think we enjoyed the hustle of it. Mm. <laughs> of just like, I don't know, setting it up, I feel mm. a bit stressed, this, isn't that. But yeah. like getting people together to have a good time. Um, but yeah, from the entrepreneur event that we did, a small one, it was like, there's all these possibilities mm. in the world, I felt like. And I was like, well, I'm just going to give it a fucking shot. <laughs> yeah. And then you said boat parties. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. I was like, um... We in did, Adelaide. Oh uh, no, so we did that in Melbourne. So at that okay, time so at yeah. that time um my mate was living in Adelaide, I was in Melbourne. Um so we we're both kind of just trying to run this from two different states or whatever. <laughs> and nice. then so we did like a rooftop party at the gallery, I remember, and then we did um a boat party in Melbourne. The boat only fit like 35, 40 people, but that was like it was a cool little boat. Um <laughs> and I was really sick. That's still a pretty decent sized boat. Well we did 35, like five forty people. Yeah, well we did like a um you're not talking like a fishing boat. So, no, no, no. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, everyone bring their own canoe or something. Yeah. And fishing rods free on entry. Hey, look, that, that could still work. That reminds me of that the, be funny, the yeah. Ozark episode. Not oh, sure I've seen Ozark. Up on there. That's hectic. Different that show, man. That, show that is, is a crazy show. I haven't continued watching it, but Jason Bateman, who's the main... Yeah. He, I, I really like him. He plays a similar role in so many things. He's kind of stressed so out. So stressed out. Yeah. Like very monotone. Just like... Yeah. Just, yeah. It's like everything's just preposterous. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to detract. <laughs> no, that's a great story. show though. Like, yeah. Um, so 35, 40 yeah, it was just people. It was yeah. just like a small thing. Um, but it was like, it was cool. And we did like, it was, it's so funny when you look back. Cause I remember I pe- everyone bought tickets to it and they weren't cheap. It was like $150 for the ticket to the boat party. Mm. But it was like five hours on a boat, food included, and then unlimited drinks. So... Oh, so that's what it was. Like, you know, a five-day just piss up on a boat. <laughs> but it was like, you know, you got to be cocktail attire. So you're dressing some blades. Nice. You're looking nice, whatever. I still remember, though, like, at that time I had, like, my old Integra, Honda Integra. I still remember parking it on the pier, boot open. And I told everyone, 
hey, you all need to help me bring these drinks onto the boat. So mm. they bailed, they bought all the tickets. And they're all people we knew. They weren't like just randoms off like Facebook. They're like, oh, speak to a mate, hey, do you want to come to this and try? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at, when we got there. But that's where it starts though, hey. Yeah, it yeah. starts there. It was just kind of funny looking back. It's like, they pay this amount of money and I'm getting them to haul like yeah. slabs <laughs> <laughs> into the boat. Um, yeah. It was funny as. Um, but I mean, just skipping aside from that, then yeah, we did like, some masquerade parties, like, a, like, a, like one in Adelaide at Ayers House. Um, and we did one in um in Melbourne as well, um and then we did and then we, after that we kind of like tried to do another event then like shitty timing in winter not a good time to do events had to cancel that so we postponed to another event and then um yeah we did like these other um events like like a Great Gatsby Ball or whatever oh yeah um did one in Melbourne absolute fucking sucked like I gotta be honest bro really? like, it's our first event and it just sold out and like. I reckon a week, 450 tickets or something. I was like, fucked. I was like, what the hell? And we'd never run an event like this kind of, um, what do you call it? Demographic, because older demographic, this great guy, we always like people who are like 28 to like 55. And how old were you guys? At uh, the time we were like 23, 24. Yeah, okay. Um, but, you know, we used to like the small, like, you know, masquerade parties, and it was all for the younger demographic. Then we hit this like random big older demographic mm. so it sucked in terms of um oh, just feeling underprepared uh yeah it just yeah we just did not expect it the magnitude of people and it was kind not, of a good suck though, yeah and, way, but, but no it, it was a shitty event like it didn't go oh, that's no. planned it was terrible oh, no. fucking the worst like it, oh, i'll you, tell you what it was not fun like how do you mean if it, if oh bro it just like it just like they ran a drinks at the venue then like you know there was like just all this shit it's just like a catastrophe at an event but some people still enjoyed it it was so funny because like mm. people were still pissed but it yeah, was okay. like so like there's enough drink. alcohol for people yeah to but <laughs> there was a lot but there was a lot of shit like it, I, it's so hard to explain it was not a good event trust mm. me and we copped it on our social media page it was not a good event mm. but then we did one in Adelaide which is good so you can see so yeah so, 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 we, so we, we did it in Adelaide and Melbourne Melbourne fucking was the first show and it just happened to be the city I was living in. So, mm. so it's it, on your head. It's yeah. like, it was more like, oh, my fault. I was like, fuck. Yeah. And look, I'll be honest. Anyone who knows me, when I was at uni doing that, I know if anyone does listen, is going to listen to this, is like, I, 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 it was not good. And I remember my mates at the time, one of my best mates in Melbourne, Davo, he still gives me shit to this day. Mm. <laughs> As a joke, but it was like a learning curve. Adelaide went pretty decent. Then we did Perth and Gold Coast as well. And those, oh, wow. went, those went really well. Um, yeah. So we ended up just like, oh, that's sold out. That's sold out. Oh, well, let's try Perth. Sold out. Let's try Gold Coast. Sold out. <laughs> that's awesome. So that was a good experience to be able to travel and do that. And then, um, yeah, pretty much we kind of, well, I won't speak for Tom. I'll speak for myself. But I think we're both very similar <laughs> is that I think we thought we took on more than we could chew, if, you know, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so we kind of just tried to run the next events, like a big masquerade ball around Australia. Let's do this, 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 and that. Mm. Uh, anyway and then after a while we kind of yeah it went really hard um we're lucky to we, we ended up closing the company yeah but i actually moved from melbourne to adelaide to try and take it full time with him mm. so yeah i was in melbourne for like, it's 2019 i was in melbourne for four years uh four yeah probably four and that would have been my fifth or whatever and within a month i just had this like random click in my brain i was like nah you gotta leave you gotta come, yeah, you gotta okay. move to adelaide so i literally just packed up all my shit got someone to move into my spare room in the apartment I was living. So what, what the the trigger was 
that it was expanding so quick or at least it was gaining traction so quickly and it felt like why okay why would you go this isn't for me what was some of the yeah 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 so good question uh it was like just a gut feeling that was like you know what you gotta just give it a shot you know for me it was like i'm in melbourne my mates in adelaide I'd been here for a while in Melbourne and the, I was in Hospo, then I went to like a sales company that I was working for. Um, and I was just like, you know what? No, I need to take this risk. Adelaide's good. And I just was like, I got to go balls to the wall with it. That's what I thought. I was like, and I'm not going to do that in Melbourne. I'd kind of just feel like I was around probably a different environment. I need to focus. And I was like, fuck it. Let me move to Adelaide. My, my best mate's there. And I had to give this business a proper go in 2019. Oh, right. Okay, so sorry. I had it wrong. I thought you were saying that you wanted to come to Adelaide and get out of the business and do something different, even well, though the going was good. But you wanted to come to Adelaide to throw, immerse yourself in it and yeah. to be able to catch up, presumably catch yeah. up with um, your mate to be yeah. able to... Was yeah. it Tom? You said yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's okay. why. So it was... Yeah, it's like, you know what? I've done my bit in Melbourne. I feel like I've just, you know, I just hit that random plateau in my mind. I was like, right, I've done as much as I can learn here in Melbourne. I think I need to change. And I came to Adelaide and then, um, you know, I actually did high school here in Adelaide. So I was in Adelaide, moved to Melbourne for five years, came back. So And you were still in high school? Oh, no, no. I finished high school in Adelaide. Oh, right. Sorry. Went to apologies. Melbourne for uni, then came back. Okay, yep. Um, so yep. it wasn't unfamiliar. That's how we were already mates. Um, but yep. there's like, let's go balls to the wall. And what's funny is this was all events and then... As soon as I landed here in um in Adelaide, met um one of my um one of my mates Dylan, he was doing I met him at News Corp, and he was like um that was one of the jobs I got when I moved here I needed yeah. something, and he showed me these charts and uh, we're there on the phones like selling newspapers and I remember he made like a thousand dollars in a day or something like on trading. Wow. And I looked at it and I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like yeah. I'd never even heard of it in my life and I was just like. You gotta teach me. That was it, and it was like that was like, this is what I've been. <laughs> yeah. It's like this is what I've been looking for. Mm. It's like this is the avenue. So we still ran the events for a bit while I was like trying to learn a bit about you know forex whatever. But then I ended up yeah we ended up closing the company mm. in 2019 the events business, and then um I was like I just went balls to the wall with um this forex trading or whatever. Yeah. So for um walk me through because I'm not familiar. Yeah. Forex trading is an organization like plus 500 um no so forex so it should be called foreign exchange so it's just the markets okay foreign right. exchange markets yeah um which is pretty much it's the largest uh, market in the world it's like seven trillion goes through it every day or something like that it's all oh, wow, all well all, all economic all economies it's yep. all buying and selling of commodities currencies and all everything like that so forex is foreign exchange though, so it's based on currencies that's what it focuses on yeah currencies and commodities so um yeah it's a it's a massive market and if you can just break down the distinction between currencies and commodities for anyone who hasn't yeah heard of that before well i mean currencies like you know your, your australian dollar us dollar um and all that Car- uh, like commodities you're looking more like you know gold silver yep so you can trade both of them um like the value of one against another. Yep. So it's always in pairs. But yeah, commodities are more like, you know, your silver, gold and all that. Currencies are, yeah, just, you know, Japanese yen, British pound. Yeah. That's mainly yeah, what I focus on, but yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Nice. And so getting, you got into that 
and you closed down yep. the business. Yeah. You did you have a job? Were you still working at um, News Corp at the time? No, so I was still chopping and changing. I was bartending uh, back here again because mm-hmm. that's all I knew really. Um, and I was doing sales as well. So there was a time I was doing um working like in the malls. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, selling Origin Energy full time. Oh yeah. Hey, that's I. I take my hat off to people like I think you would have the personality for it because you see some people standing there and they're like a little bit <laughs> nervous. You really got to throw yourself out, and yeah. it's just. Um, I imagine. Have you heard of this guy called Alex Hormozzi? Alex? Um, no. Oh really? No. No. Oh, I'm Alex, surprised. Alex Hormozzi. Hormozzi. No. H O R M I. No. M. Oh, Z-I, sorry. No, but do elaborate. No, maybe, I, I, I don't think so. He's a he's a big, big business kind of guy in the US. He's got some organization called acquisition.com and he, he puts these videos up on Instagram, which are really, um, he's got a lot of value in yeah. them. And he was talking about his journey through trying to become financially independent and things like that um, through business rather than investing in his case. But he, he started with gyms and had just the repetition of meeting people and trying to get them to sign up to the gym or it's not the exact same as what you're saying um maybe in the middle of a mall type situation yeah but still the repetition Mm. of giving it a go again and again and again and you know failing so many times and um which it sounds like you have something within yourself your personality that can adjust to failure with what you mentioned about um, the Melbourne show that just didn't yeah, go awesome. as as you planned, but you didn't give up on it. So yeah. like that's that's interesting. It's um yeah, I, mean, I think like I think it's I think actually everyone, in my opinion, majority have this thing in them. To you've got if you say you failed at something, and you know to have that grit to keep pushing on, but it's hard when I guess you don't have that vision of what you see for yourself. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think there's different aspects that will pull someone through the shit, if that makes sense. So, you know, I guess if you're making like music, for example, you see yourself as that person, say, being on stage or, you know, being able to run an orchestra and to a crowd or whatever it is. Mm. You're going to have all these failures along the way. But I think if you can focus on that end picture, I think it makes it easy. If you don't have that end picture in mind, I believe that makes it a bit more difficult for someone to get through that grit. Um, I would say self-confidence. I think like that comes naturally. Like not not for me. I mean, like you build that over time. Is what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, uh, but you don't necessarily need it at the start. But I think you need a clear vision of at least what you see for yourself, because that will help you get through those failures. Mm. For example, I like that. That actually ties back into uh, when we went down that path about um, how you got into the trading thing. So you said that you had a journey, you had a path, you had a vision in mind how um and your friend had had shown you that they were able to do a trade and make a considerable amount of money in one day so was that all of a sudden because that's very clear cut it's okay um again financial independence nobody wants to be struggling financially so was that that was the draw card to go yep yeah because this at that stage i wasn't passionate about you know the markets didn't even know what they were at that time it was like look i've been trying to figure out different models or different like ways to make money you know what yeah. i mean like whatever it yeah. was i was always trying different stuff um and then i just saw that and i was like you know you know, i just like knew 
<laughs> I was just like, fuck, that's it. Like, mm. I was like, you just, I don't know. Like, I wasn't passionate about any of it. I saw it literally as the, for me then, it was like, that's the thing that's going to make me money. Yeah. Um, and then I think I grew the passion for the markets mm. as I was learning. I still love events, by the way, as well. I want to eventually maybe get back into it. Mm. Uh, but when I've got more capital, um, you know, but really that's more of a passion kind of thing. And more, yeah. But yeah, it was that at the start for the Forex. And that was when I was like, cool. Like that, I don't know what this is, but I know for a fact that if they can do it, I'm sure I can do it. Yeah. And so was that a journey that you felt like you had some guidance through or was fairly self-directed in, you know, I don't know, reading or looking things online. I know there's a lot on, on YouTube. It can get a little bit overwhelming. It's too much. It's there's too so much. many so and much shit. You're talking about, did you say different models or different approaches? We were talking briefly about it last time. Uh, sorry, when we went on the on the run. Yeah. Um, that, you know, people talk about having one particular strategy if mm. you're investing and sticking to the strategy and what a lot of people do who don't know what they're doing or in, in a more positive light who are still learning what to do they'll switch and change go oh, okay right like you know it's not yeah. it's, that's not you know i'm experiencing a bit of a loss right now so maybe i'll go where it's um where it's hot or as people say if you're seeing a particular don't know what the right terminology is but you're you're, you're seeing a particular win that's being um, shown on the news yeah that is not the time to jump in to no to, that's right know, no that sort of that, it's all the pre-work yeah you're gonna <laughs> so those sorts of lessons how did you come about learning them so i'm sure the hard way the hard yeah. way yeah um i mean <laughs> the hard way the hard you way <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. hard and i mean it's this is like yeah it's where it ties in now because when i started it was all about and that was massive what it's done is I fucked up a lot. And it'd be like, when I was learning, I'd try this, that didn't work. I'd try something else that didn't work. You know, it's with the Forex now onwards, you know? Um, and only, and I've been doing it now, what, middle of, I, I heard about in like May 20 or June 2019. I took it seriously once I closed the events company around December 2019. And from that, I, yeah, I just fucked up numerous times. So I'd always be like, try this strategy, didn't work. Everyone goes through it over time i started to realize okay no i need to be consistent in one thing i know from one of my flaws and this is where it gets really crazy because what everyone starts i guess forex trading or whatever it is for the money it is it's, it's going to be that thing because you can make a lot of money in it of course yeah but as you go further and further along through it um you start to realize it's not even about the money it's about your habits and your daily life because Everything that you do on the charts is a reflection of who you are as a person mm. because every decision you make is high pressure because you're always in the moment. You've got money in the line, you know, it might go. So you've got things like fear of missing out. You've got things like being impulsive. You've got things like, you know, um, uh, what is it when you like entitlement? Oh, hang on. I've been on the charts this long looking at this. The market should pay me out this. Mm. But the market doesn't give a fuck. It's the most humbling machine <laughs> in the world where you're like, you're a nobody. Mm. And I had a massive ego going into it. I did. I had a massive ego. I was like, oh, wow. I made some money. Man, I can do this. Fuck everything else. I, really thought, I don't even need to work anymore. 
I remember I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go full time. And I've been doing it for like three months. <laughs> and I, seriously. I was okay, like, so you had some wins even early on. Oh, but I mean, no, when I mean full time, I mean like I had, I did make some money, but don't get me wrong, okay? Over the first two and a half years, mm. I think I was like definitely down. I wasn't, okay. yeah, because it's, it's a long, like, because you're always tweaking your habits. Yeah, because you said you started December 2019. Yeah, 2019. So COVID happened shortly after that. Yeah, 2020. And markets went bonkers, just wild. Um, And the kind of trading like I was doing was like intraday though. So intraday, intraday. So in so within the day. Yeah, within the day. So I wasn't looking at the big long term scopes. It was like Ah, I'm gonna buy. Yeah. So this is about high pressure. So it's like Yeah. yeah, it's not just holding and maybe couple of months i'll sell it's like all right i'm in now i might hold a trade for an hour out so you were working at the same time yeah so i mean i'd work and then i would just try and study it and then the charts because the the markets are open 24 hours oh monday to friday because okay. they've got it's all around the world so you got asian session tokyo oh, sorry, asian session sydney session um then you've got london session and new york so naturally when we're asleep here in australia mm. new york session is just starting was that a draw card for you to get into currencies? As of, is it the same with commodities, or is it particularly oh, so, with currencies well, that it's like that? Uh, you can trade. So you can trade like a currency against a commodity. So like okay. gold against the US dollar, for example. Yep. So you know the value of gold. You know how much is one ounce of gold in US dollars? Yep. So technically, that's still like you know you get the value. It's still in currency is the denominator because yep. the gold's been worth this amount of US dollars. Okay. So you yep. can still trade those. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, yeah, sorry. Just sorry, I was yeah. going to say the, I guess, thank you for that clarification. I, I, I guess uh, what I was trying to ask was, were you drawn towards a correct, um, any incorrect uh, terminology I use, but were you drawn towards that market of 24 hours because it well you've got more time to play so to speak um well i kind of it, originally i didn't think of it like that i just that's all i knew i just heard about forex like okay. well, this is all, right this is it <laughs> and i just learned that like i didn't actually look at anything else like stock options or any of those things which is still a bit like you know i don't really specialize in them mm. i don't think I, I don't do them so i only really know forex um but i think over time it was good because it gave me like um let's say that it being open 24 hours i could still work and then i could still you know if i was just trading the australian stock market right that's open nine to five or whatever if i'm working most days i'm not going to get the chance to trade it you know mm. <laughs> but with currency so why jump into sorry i didn't mean yeah. to cut you off there what we just please finish no no i no, no, was pretty much finished okay yeah. all right um why was oh, what was I gonna say? Why was the short-term trading approach desirable for you as opposed to the long-term? I mean, obviously yeah. you've got the payoff comes quicker, but then I imagine the investment has to be larger for the payoff to be more meaningful. Um, not, not the right way. So you know, you're on your like you're probably half right. So for me, lack of patience, bro. <laughs> seriously yeah, like lack of patience it's like <laughs> yeah. i don't want to wait like and this is where over time I'll, I'll say later where the instant gratification thing yeah you need to kick that to the curb 
Yeah. It's long, you need, you know, you're going to be in it for the long term. Instant gratification, most successful people learn to kind of realize that, you know, work now, grat- delayed gratification mm. is the way to be. But as far as with the, yeah, the trading, it was just like, you with currencies you can leverage your trades if that makes sense so i know when i know if you buy a stock you know it's a t buying quantum shares at a dollar right um and you gonna you know buy at the start of the day sell it at the end of the day and it goes up to two dollars say i put a thousand dollars worth you know so i bought a thousand shares at a dollar mm-hmm. sell it two dollars you made a thousand dollars right mm-hmm. i know what you mean the fact that oh hang on if i'm gonna be doing it within an hour or two it's probably only gonna move a small amount yeah so then i have to dump in ten thousand dollars yes no so it, do, it doesn't work okay that. So, all right that's cool Thank i you. think um i knew it yeah i had it for you i knew um so with currencies it's called um you do things called cfd so it's a cfd trade which is contract for difference i don't need to go into the logistics of it but it's you can leverage your trades so pretty much uh for example the like you can actually with the right skills i guess with a hundred dollars you can turn that into say 500 or 600 within a couple of hours if you know what you're doing mm. yeah it's not just like a, it's not like a one so that it's not a one-to-one kind of you know you know you buy one share for a dollar or you buy two shares for a dollar it has to go up in that increment you can or uh, it's very hard to explain but you can leverage your so you don't it's not the same proportion as, as yeah. stocks and that so okay you can yeah. you have a thousand dollars for example right some brokers will allow me to open up with depending depending on your equity mm-hmm. they can allow you to place a maximum order size okay that would also increase the risk yes, wouldn't it? yes. so what everyone does everyone's guilty i have as well <laughs> got a thousand dollars and you're like you know what i want to make i want to turn this into you know i want to turn this into four thousand today mm. and so your brokers right they you can leverage your trades, which means that if I've got a thousand dollars in my account, most brokers they did try to curb it a bit, but you can open up a trade that's like for every increment in movement. Yep. Um, in like the the currency difference, you can risk a hundred dollars a trade. Uh, I mean, a hundred? No, not a hundred. Um, ten dollars. Okay. Okay, and that's in both directions. Yeah, yeah. So, down. so yeah. yeah, exactly. So if I'm um. So a normal a normal currency market can move between a hundred and it's, I don't want to get too technical, but it's going to get the over, overview is like between maybe twenty to one hundred and fifty pips. Okay. A, day. a pip is like a, a, a pip is say one. You say yeah, a unit of measurement. Yep. So just think of it as one unit of measurement. Yep. If you've got a thousand dollars, some brokers will allow you to open a trade that allows you to risk maybe ten dollars per pip. <laughs> Mm. That's and that's over leveraging. They call that, and it can go up to what 150 pips. Well, like the, the 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 markets can move. It can move whatever it wants, but on okay. average, okay, oh okay, yeah. on, on average it moves. Yeah. yeah. So imagine that you got a thousand dollars. Your broker is allowing you to open up a position, which is for every for with either either direction. If you press buy, if it goes up three pips, yeah, you're making thirty dollars on your thousand dollars. Yeah, like. That's three pips. Mm. <laughs> what if you make 10 pips? Mm. You've made 100. That's 10% return. Yeah. You don't get that in the stock market on the one-to-one ratio, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. But that's where the risk is now because what if it moves 50 pips against you? Yeah. You've just lost $500. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah, sorry, ten. So five, yeah, five dollars yep. or ten dollars a pip. Yeah, yeah, fifty pips. Fifty pips. Five hundred dollars. Yeah. You just lost half your equity, mm. and that's what happens at the start because you're always trying to put all these large trades in. So yeah. that's what currencies allow you to do. But if you're in the right direction, if you made a hundred pips on that move, you just were lucky, right? Yeah. <laughs> you just turned a thousand into two thousand. Yeah. What well, it could be a day, it could be a couple of hours. Ah, okay. So I see the draw card. Same. And so the equity that you have to put into it is obviously a big, yeah, a big deal. Is there a minimum amount that you can put in to play with? My first account was fifty dollars. Oh, okay, that's reasonable. Yep. Yeah. Fifty dollars. I remember flipping it to a hundred. I felt like a king. Oh, and I then bet. I, I was like, I'm the king, <laughs> and I lost it all. Obviously. Yeah. So. Losing it just comes from, you know, every time you usually you enter a trade, you want to put like a stop loss and a take profit, or at least a stop loss. The stop loss means if it moves against you in any direction, uh, so if you do a buy, but decides to go lower at a certain price point or pips, yep. in, or increments of movement away from your entry, it will take you out of the trade. And is that capped in the same direction on the upward? No, so on, on the upward, you can you can let it go as long as it wants. Huh, but you can right. then, but, but then you can take it when you want. You decide the parameters for both. Okay. So, so if I enter a trade, say it's at, I don't know, a dollar, whatever it is. But if it moves, say, down five increment points, I might lose, um, if I've got $1,000 in my account, I might lose $100, right? Yep. Hypothetically. But I, if I'm going to be risking $100, if I'm wrong, yep. it's going to take me out. You need to have that because then your emotions come into play because yeah. you're hoping it's going to go back in your direction. And I tell you what, all it does is it keeps going against you. <laughs> mm. But if I'm going to risk 100 my usual strategy is that I've got to at least make 250 so two and a half times my risk. Okay. I won't take a trade. And it's only recent, that's what I mean, only recently now I've got the consistency, but it's from like, you know, the strategy. Like, you know, I've got one strategy now, which is like, if I'm gonna risk, I have to be happy with I'm willing to risk. Yeah. That's the hard part. So you, when I started, if I had a thousand, I'd risk $150, $200 a trade. That's dumb. <laughs> that's gambling. Yeah. But now, if I have a thousand, I might risk fifty dollars a trade. That's fine. So that almost sounds that almost sounds too good to be true in how I'm framing it. So you can put, uh, you know, your thousand dollars in. You can say, all right, if I lose fifty bucks, I want I'm out. Yeah. Um, and if it goes up, it can just keep going up. And obviously, then you just got to be smart of like, okay. Um. I'm taking it out now, like you know. So if yeah. it start, it gets. It, you've made 150, so that's two and a half. Yeah. That's when you would take out. That's when you'd. Be oh, three, happy. Oh, three, in that case, three times my risk. So 50, you take it out at 150. You've risked 50 dollars. Yeah. For that trade, but you end up winning the trade, mm-hmm. and you made 150. That's yeah. a really good reward. Yeah. Three yeah. times your risk. Okay. So then. Ah, right. So leaving it in there and keeping the risk in play allows you just having that bottom thing is like just like a safety net. It's a safety net. Yeah. Yeah. But then not taking it out as soon as you lose anything is that's not a good strategy because then you're not in the game to potentially make a win. Exactly. Okay. A hundred. Exactly. So it's it's like it's all it is is 
it's your psychology at the end of it. Yeah. All of it is managing the trade. And that's what takes the hardest part. And I found like originally, yes, Forex is, and that's why it was, it got me to think of things like, man, why am I so impulsive? Why am I greedy? Like, you know, certain times I'd be up some money, I'd be like, you should take the money. Why am I not taking it? And then mm. what would happen is it would come back down to my entry. Mm. And so I was up and then it yeah. went back down because the market moves. You got it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, fuck me. Like, and, then, and then I'm angry. And, I, and then I'm angry. I'm like, no, fuck yeah. this. No, screw it. I'm, I'm letting this thing go. And I was right before it's going to do it again. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Goes down and hits my stop loss. Now I've gone yeah. from being up to losing money. Yeah. And it takes me out of the trade. So it's all those things. <laughs> that's where having the two and a half times, three and a half times, whatever your, what did you call yeah, it? Yeah, like the risk to reward is like, yep. yeah. It, that's where having that is like important. Yeah. Take him out. That that's makes good, sense. And it's over a number of trades, not one trade. And this is only like saying it takes all this time to learn it and be, like sometimes I wanted to quit all the time. Don't get me wrong. So many times I was like crying and shit. Like, why am I not getting it? Mm. I had to look into myself but it's like it's you man like you're the one you're the one that presses the button you're the one that sets your parameters you're the one that you know based on your knowledge you know what trades work for you and what don't don't deviate so it's all about then having a plan and it's like you will always lose trades but the whole point is like what I love about the trading is that once you understand that it's about discipline it's about having your strategy and it's about following that process. Even when you don't want to, you just know that you just gotta stick to that. And long-term, it will pay off. That goes into life as well. Well, it's, it's so interesting that you say that because when um, we were talking just before we started and we were talking about, you were talking about Muay Thai and being interested in fighting and then your interest changing in different directions and whatever and then going ah oh, i don't know exactly where i sit with with it now but your description just then maps so closely onto how people talk about about fighting or how other people talk about uh, music as well like the same thing of going okay well what am i going to learn about myself here i'm an agent in this interaction in the world in the environment yeah. And uh, I can choose to just be a passive sort of actor or I can try and reflect and grow and hopefully get something out of it. Um, that's really interesting. I haven't heard somebody speak that way about um, this area before because I mean, I'm not, uh, admittedly, I'm reasonably ignorant about it. So it's, but it's you've got awesome your other, And you've got hear. your other things as well though, you know? Um, and it's just... This is like, say for reason, and I always say it's like one aspect that I focused on, right? Yeah. But there's so many other things that I hear other people say, I'm like, damn, never heard of it like that. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's just different um, different focal points I guess you focus on as an individual. Yeah. This has just happened to be. I like, like it. It almost gives, like when people have a passion and then they kind of see the world through that lens and it's like everything mirrors, even just, at the bare minimum, as an analogy to whatever your passion is. Like, do you know what I mean? So someone who's really into computing, everything's through the lens of computing, yes. you know? Like, yes. So that's that's really interesting how you said that. I'm curious as well, though, um, and you alluded to it a couple of times, but knowing the, what did you say? Knowing the trade. 
So what does that mean to know the trade? Obviously, it's always a little bit unpredictable. So what stands out for you in your particular area that you focus on? So when you when I guess you're learning about say trading as an example is that there's certain like movements in the market or patterns they always repeat patterns repeat um, and you need to be in the game long enough to recognize those patterns and this is why I love it because you can apply this same thing to everything in life mm. it's a it's about repetition it's about consistency it's about what you've seen and identifying what works and what doesn't work so. Over time, after lots of losing trades, <laughs> I know what doesn't work. I know the ones that I was winning. I journal, so I used to journal all my trades. Okay. I used to like um, listen to audio books about trading. I used to like watch webinars about trading while at work on the phones. Like I mm. did it for like two years, hard, hard, hardcore. And then even for a while, like um, just trying to understand why do I keep fucking up, mm. <laughs> you know? That self-evaluation. So then there was certain, I guess, patterns that I saw in the market, which was like, I've seen this happen before. All right, cool. I'm just going to wait for these, for these particular patterns to pop up. Other ones might look enticing, but my plan says I need to stick to this. Okay, so you're able to, you were able to do that and recognize those patterns because there's so much going on and it <laughs> depends on what time scale you're investing in. Yes. If you did a wider time scale, then you could look at particular patterns that were going on during the time when you started, which was just around the time of COVID, but that may not be an accurate representation of, and please correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, but it might not be the exact same because the climate is different than you know five years earlier. But if you're trading on a shorter time scale within the day, yeah. let's say intra, what did you say? Yeah, intra- intraday, yeah intraday then uh you're getting down you're on a different scale so exactly so the patterns that you're looking for are going to be dependent on that scale. on that on that exactly okay. so like yep. if i'm trading a couple of like i mean a trade my hold for a couple of hours whatever i'll probably there's no need for me to look at data off the charts on the weekly or monthly okay it doesn't make sense because yep. i mean those patterns take so long. If if you're a swing trader, you might or a position trader, you're holding them for days, if not months. But mm. if I'm on the one hour, I'm looking at patterns on maybe the four hour time frame, you know, and trying to, and then I'll go a little bit down using my strategy to find an entry point, you know, it's yep. as precise as possible. But those patterns, they repeat on all different scales, mm. you know. It's yep. just um, I'm just finding that pattern on my time frame that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. And then I'll trade that accordingly. So what depends, what influences on such a small time scale, what influences the, um, the fluctuations yeah. of the, yeah. It's just um, like a lot, lot of the banks. It's like, you know, okay. ba- like, you know. Oh, banks, right, because it's currency. Yeah, it's currency. So it's just because yeah. all economies are always moving. There's always activity. But like things like London session um, is one of the biggest sessions in the foreign exchange market so london will open around 8 a.m their time which is approximately like our time maybe between 4 and 6 p.m okay adelaide time um and that's when all the banks open trading commences and there's lots of movement in the market so um that's how it moves on the time frame obviously when within the day the it might move like say 100 200 pips or whatever right on the five minute time frame it might move 15 pips 
Okay. So, but it just depends. But then if I'm going to try and, if I'm going to risk 15 pips of units of measurement, yep. I want to at least make, say, 35 to 45 pips as yep. my reward. If I'm trading on the daily, then obviously I might risk 100 pips, but I want to make 300 pips. Yeah. So that whole ratio, you just scale it down or yep. scale it up depending on what you're after. And does that change how much money you put in? Not really, no, because you're, well, nat naturally, um, for, like, for example, if you're, at the money you're not necessarily putting in, but when you're trading on the lower time frames, you might need more capital because if you're going to open up, say you open up a trade, right? Um, and you're risking 10 pips, okay? I'm going to risk $1,000 on that trade, okay? So if I'm, not maybe I'm saying, say I'm risking 10 pips yep. and the dollar amount, based on the order size that I'm putting, whatever, however much I've leveraged it, is $1,000, okay? If I make three times that, I'll make $3,000, right? But say now, I still wanna risk $1,000, but I don't wanna trade on the five minute time frame. I want to trade on the daily time frame. Yeah. Now, rather than it moving 10 pips, it probably needs to move 100 pips, but I wanna make a 300 pip reward. So it's still 1,000 and 3,000, but the order I'm putting in, because I'm giving myself all that extra fluctuation room of 100 pips, means that the order size that I put on is 10 times less. Uh, Does that okay, make sense? Right, yeah. I um, I almost lost you there yeah. until the very end. Yeah. When you said about the order. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so hard. Byron, yeah, you're picking up pretty quick. I'm trying to keep it as... um. No, no, I think I think that was actually very, very well said. So I'm going to try my absolute yeah, best go it, bro. No, to no, try no. and no. rephrase yeah. that and correct me where I go wrong. So you, you're still putting the same amount of money in. Yep. You mentioned something. You said it depends on how much capital you have. Yep. Can you please go into a little <laughs> bit about what <laughs> that means? Yeah, so um, for example... Your capital size gives you the power to almost like, like it's like for example when you've got higher capital, you can borrow more money. Does that make sense? Yep. So let's say if you're going to buy a house, yep. um, and you need uh, a certain amount to get money from the bank. Yep. The more money you have, the more. personally, it's the more capital that you exactly. Have, right? So yeah. Yep. So um. Exactly. So if I've got a, let's say I've got a hundred thousand dollars in my account, right? Yeah. Then naturally the broker, because like they say, you know, brokers have a percentage amount. They will or like a ratio of how much you can leverage your trades up to. So if you've got a hundred dollars, they're not going to let you open up an order that will allow you to risk fifty dollars because you're risking you're risking fifty percent. Yeah. Okay. So it's market. based on a percentage. Yeah, on the, on the percentage almost. So yep. it's it's not how it is. It is based. It's based on ratios, but it all goes down to percentages. Yeah. But if I have a hundred thousand, of course they're gonna let me. Yeah. I can do the exact same trade, but comfortably they will allow me to risk. Yep. Fifty dollars because I've got five. I've got a hundred thousand. Same with the bank. So too. exactly, yeah. exactly the same. So that's why, like, if you're risking less pips, it just pretty much means that wow. If the market's gonna move against you only 10 pips and you're risking that much money, that means whatever order you've placed is a large magnitude order, right? Yeah. But if you haven't got a big enough account size, they're gonna allow you to say almost borrow that money to place the trade. Mm. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah, yeah, but if you had, um, if it was like, you know, 
like I said, the hundred pips or whatever, and you still got a hundred, you still got the same capital, but they're like, oh, okay, he's giving it more fluctuation room to. Yeah, is that does that so make sense? So if we were to let's say for example, you've got you've still got the thousand dollars and you're doing it on the hour versus yep. the day, yeah, and in the hour, the order that you're placing is you know. Um, a hundred yeah. orders of yeah. whatever yeah. the you know. Let's imagine these little boxes. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have got a hundred little boxes, yeah. and you're doing this over an hour. So you're placing a big order, yeah. um, compared, and it's going to move ten pips or yeah. ten units of measurement. But ten units of measurement yeah. for the hundred boxes that you're holding yeah. on to is going to allow for more per box that you own is going to allow for more to be paid back to you if it's in your favor yes then if you go in the day period you're not going to get 100 boxes because you you've got more pips to move so yes. you've got up to 100 pips so you don't need to buy as many boxes yep uh, perfect example energy. okay yeah no exactly let's let's actually look at it in like a distance thing this is okay. a good way to look at it you've got like your point here and say like you're in the middle here right you're in a cliff, you stand in the middle, a big rock where it's a floating rock or whatever. And say the distance from you in the center to the edge of this little cliff or rock is like 10 meters. Yep. All right. So naturally, if a strong, if a strong winds, right, <laughs> pushes you to that side, man, you want to hope you've got a fucking force pushing ah, you yep. back. Otherwise, you've only got 10 pips to move. You want that thing to be strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? To push you back into the center. And that's how, that's your and that's order, order size. Yeah. Order magnitude or the, the, yeah. But if you've got a, if you've got now 100 meters and a big gust of wind comes and pushes you, you're like, oh, hang on. You don't I can just slowly get the pressure on to push me back into the center. Nice. If that makes sense. I like that. That's the, Probably the best way that you could do that, and you could do the same analogy or a similar one with tug of war too, with how many people you've got on board. Damn, that's yeah. exactly, that's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent. Like a hundred percent. Like rather than yeah, have you got like the rock on one side? Is yeah. the yeah you're, you're like I'm about to get fucked here. Rock, jump in here. Yeah, <laughs> bring me back in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like you know you're just like. You got a lot of you got one team there, then it's you getting pushed away. You like you get a few umpalumpas on your side now. Yeah. They also help me. Easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's exactly yeah. how. That's exactly how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That, I, I'm glad. That's the we easiest way to, to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's um, enough for like. Well, actually, you know what? I'm just so stoked that we were able to get through just that little. Yeah, that little bit because it it um, it gets really nuanced very quickly in these sorts of conversations <laughs> yeah. and it was interesting when you said before that you've got stocks which is a whole different ball game yeah um because in my head i i know that there are different um sections of investing and, and exactly. trading and things like that but there's still not it's still not that clearly um distinguished yeah so that was interest that was one interesting point to yeah from what you were saying yeah and i, I mean i'm not an expert in all of them either and i think even like um yeah so that's why i guess forex gets the whole um stigma because <laughs> it's like it's high risk high reward but it's also less risk once you've got a strategy that you follow you know and you build it over time and you develop the muscle to follow your plan so it's almost like over the years I would say put forex to trading aside. As far as like the habits that you start to learn, which I think is the important part, is like all right, it teaches you self awareness, self evaluation. It teaches you to actually 
know what your vices are. So for me, it brought me down the path of no matter what I do, I don't seem to be, why am I not hitting it yet? What is going wrong? Mm. And then I realized there's all these things from like, I want control. You know, like for me, it's like I want control in the markets and I would get so upset when it would, I would put all this preparation, this stuff in and, you know, it didn't even fucking matter. I'd be wrong sometimes. Mm. It's learning to deal with that. You will be wrong sometimes. <laughs> and all it does, in my opinion, is it kicks out the ego over time. So how does, how does being wrong help you readjust without maybe say overcorrecting and just like every time you get it wrong going okay well something happened wrong so there's something to learn from this but you don't want to sacrifice your overall strategy and approach but you still want to try and minimize not making the same mistake again. <laughs> that's what it, that's that, a very fine tune that's minimize that's what you what you said there's so spot on it's like just how do you minimize the amount of errors you're making mm. You know, it's like, you might be, you might be right. And it's a lot of times you are probably, I guess, right. But it's your, it's your mistakes, your, or whatever your conditioning is as a person. It's like, hey, you actually would, if you just could just price the trade and just walk away mm. and just let the things run in your favor, you'd probably do much better. But we're always like, you know, I want to watch it now. Oh, maybe it's not doing this now. It's that whole the that, control, the, 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 the that for me, and I think majority go through it is over like, and I, I will say I had probably a big ego. I did. I think you'd be lying if no, no one had an ego at the start. And mm. there's always that little bit there, you know? Of course. And that will never go away. But being able to tame that beast, and but you know what? I'm going to be wrong sometimes. I'm going to, um, you know, just kind of accept that it's okay, you know? And like, all right, I was wrong this time. Not looking at it as a as like that, that's the enemy, but more looking at it as like, hang on, this is me giving you another clue now. Mm. Don't treat it as like, oh, why me? You know, that's the whole yeah. thing. Like, don't treat it as like, oh, why do I always have to lose? Think of it. Fuck. Well, I guess I'm lucky I lost that because now I've learned something else that I didn't mm. know before, and I think it's re. And that's why like, forex is one thing, but I like it because like, it's not even like the only thing I'm like. I focus on now you know like I'm, I'm consistent now and i love it and i always do it <laughs> but it's like now i'm like i've detached my almost identity to just you know doing forex or whatever but that whole framework of thinking it's like you know what you've always got shit to learn that's what you said Byron, is that you always like to learn new stuff mm. and i feel like i'll never be the best forex trader well, i don't care mm. for me i just want to make what i can make out of it but i want to also realize that you know that frame of thinking of like, you know, that there's always something to learn that, you know, everyone's always on that journey. Mm. I can apply it to so many other things in life now. And I just feel like I'm happy just kind of, I don't know, it's so hard to explain. It's just like, it's just kicked it out of like all this, I need to prove something or I need to always be right. Or I need this, even the, the control thing, you know, I've got my strategy, it works, things will happen, ups and downs in life, whatever it is but I want to stay on my overall path. Mm. Yeah. You know? yeah I really it's, like so hard, it's so hard to explain it. I'll probably just like No, I think you did really well. It. Yeah, no, it, it reminds me, I was talking to um, a mate last night, actually, at the show that we had. And we are talking about the, actually, my business partner, Nate. He had he said this um, quote, which I know he got from somewhere else, but it's, you either win or you learn. Mm. 
And I think it works really well for two reasons. One, both of those sound like winning to me because <laughs> learning seems like a good thing if you phrase it in that way. So there's an incentive to keep pushing forward towards whatever it is that you would yeah. like to achieve. But it has the uh, it has a supporting effect as like a safety net where if you, you know, air quotes, lose, you're not a loser. You've yeah. fallen back into the netting of a learner. Yeah. It's just it's just I don't I don't know. There's not really many other, uh, I mean, everyone's got these quotes and things that work, work well for them. And, and this is one of those for me where I feel like it's just so, it can sit as a core value. And for me, it does sit as a core value to help really in any, it's, it's, it's applicable to a, just about any situation that you could be in. So that's what I'm hearing from what you were just saying just then. Yeah. I wanted to jump into, you said before about preparation, getting a preparation right for a particular trade. Yep. What does that look like? So um, one of the things we learned is a good quote in, I guess, Forex trading. Um, there's a guy named QBanks. He's a, I bought his course online. QBanks. QBanks. Yep. Insane trader. And he had this one thing in all of his webinars that we used to watch and stuff that he'd put online. Analyze, 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 trade. Mm. Analyze, analyze. So that analyze is the preparation. It's it's identifying, so the preparation is like number one, identifying what you're looking for. That's your first thing. Do you know what you're even looking for? Because the majority don't know what they're looking for. Mm. I didn't either. <laughs> didn't know what I was looking for in the market. So oh, that looks cool, take it, you know? So what's an example of how someone could go wrong in what they're looking for. Like yep. they are, it, you know, they're seeing a drop yep. and they're going, okay, cool. Well, that seems like a good sign to begin with because that means that it's lower, which obviously it can still go lower than that, but it's lower than what it was previously. So maybe it's going to go up. Um, you know, that's one thing that people like a, a absolute novice would look at and go okay this mm. seems like maybe something what are what sorts of things yeah. like that or what's wrong with that so the way i look at that is um well if it's going down and just it went lower than the last point probably want to keep going down yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, but that's but that's that's a massive thing when you start it's all about when's it going to reverse yeah <laughs> when's it, and so with I guess currencies, you can do both ways. You can buy it and you can short it, right? Okay. You can, you can go, you can, that's why I love it. You can trade in both directions. So if the market's falling, you can short your position. So I can, I can yeah, go. I've come it's, across this before and it's a really uh, it's, interesting. It's such a. I, I have heard somebody, I watched a YouTube video that was trying to describe it, but I cannot remember enough of it. It's so to hard the, to yeah. explain the, sh like, to explain buying, it's easy. Hmm. Oh, I can try and give it a shot. It's so it's like when you're. Sh I know I'm gonna mess it up. It is so hard to articulate it. It's like, it's <laughs> yeah. like when you're, you've got. Um, it's hard. I know I saw the examples like this five. You, so you've got like five apples, right? Yeah. Um, and you're at say just this medium medium area. You've got five apples, and you're gonna you're gonna short it. So then what happens is, <coughs> is um, someone. Lend, so say you got nothing here, right? You're about to do a short position. 
you're gonna sell. So you got no so, apples. So no apples. Some, and and what happens is someone lends you five apples. Yep. Okay, they lend it to you. Mm. Um, so you obviously, I think you pay something for it, but like they've lent it to you. It's very hard. That's not hard part to explain that, but mm. then it goes down, right? So now the apples that were lent to say $5, they're now worth $2, but now you're buying it at a cheaper price. And that's when you say you exit your trade. The person there has actually made, they've bought it, they've sold it at, they've bought it at a, lower price they've um, bought it at a higher price and they've it's so hard to explain I don't know how okay. to word it so uh, correct me where I go wrong the lending it's not actually yours so anything that you sell after that is going to make you money because yeah. you're you're borrowing it and helping with the sale yeah um so, oh, oh, hang on. Here's, here's the way to say it. Sorry, I, I've just got it now. No, that's to fine. Say, no, because I was thinking of it as the other person. I just clicked to me. Yeah, you got, you've been lent five, like five apples. Yep. And then it's gone lower. And then you've now bought it at a lower price. Yeah. In a nutshell. And that's when you exit your trade. So it's almost like someone's, like lenting is like, usually it's buy, then sell. Yep. So you bought it off this person. And now you're going to go higher and you sell it. Yep. But now what's happening is, Rather than you know buying it off this person, this person's now like it's almost like lending it to you. Yeah. You're going to hold it, um, but it's still theirs or whatever, yep. and you're going to buy it to them at a lower price. Buy it yeah, off them at a lower okay. price, if if that makes any sense at all. Um, yep. I look, it's it's a very hard one to. It makes it it's I can I can accept that from the perspective of the person who is holding onto the apples yep. for the other the other person. Yeah. I can't understand it from the point of why would somebody want to lend yeah. it to you in the first place. So, but that lender may be a different person. Like that person who's lent it, right? It doesn't have to be the same person asking for it back. So it's all, oh, it's all in a thing. So right. it's another, that's why it's a, it's a mixture of buyers and sellers, if that makes yeah. sense. There's millions. Oh, so they could be getting rid of it because when they bought yeah. it, it was yes. lower. Yeah. And then now they're lending it to you because they want to offload well, it. Well, it could be someone who's bought it lower, right? And now they're selling it. Yeah, and they're selling it to you, but now you're like been kind of given it. it it's it's really hard to explain. Mm. I mean, I, I gotta. I'll think a bit over the over the um the podcast. I'll see if I can get a better analogy. Mm. It's such a hard one to explain. It is. It but is. if we just look, uh, we go. And I gotta get. I gotta better explain that one because it's really. It always um, and I never articulate it right. I know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It does never come across. Well, in your own defense, though, I have like I said, I've watched a few YouTube videos of it, and I reckon I probably watched, I don't know, maybe ten ish, yeah. and I think there was only one that um said it in a way where I was like, I think I get you. Kind yeah. of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, like you said, it's a really complex. Uh, Thing. I don't think anybody's looking <laughs> down just, on you. It's just like, <laughs> man, like they're going, wow. Why couldn't you explain this, this really this high end? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like so. It's always going down. So in my mind, I'm thinking I'm just gonna keep selling. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm not waiting for it to, and that's the difference. So it's I. It's I guess knowing that you want to trade that the trend is your friend. <laughs> mm. If it's going down, then don't look at buyers. <laughs> yeah. The second thing, uh, if it's going up. Look for buyers. Yep. Just wait for the clear change, you know? 
all and and then it's like obviously your ego comes in because you want to be at the very bottom and still at the the yeah. highest top. Yeah. You don't need to do that. You can buy here. You can buy here and sell here. Yeah. So in, buy a little the, bit lower and then yeah. sell it when it's a little bit higher rather yeah, than waiting you don't for need, it to You don't need to peak. wait for all these big peaks. That's just your ego saying, oh, look at me as a big dog. I've made it kicks all that out of you. Yeah. But the, yeah, the preparation is knowing what you're after. So knowing, are you going to be in buys or sells? Are you, um, have you seen all your confluences? That's the other thing. So, so the way that we're taught to trade is that you don't just trade based on one thing, right? Oh, it's going down, I'm going to sell. No, you want to see a few other things line up, you know? You want to see as far as like your tool bag of tricks. I think I mentioned this one, you know, you've got a bunch of like, you know, equipment. So you got an ax or so you got some bow and arrows, you got a, a knife. Different situations will require you to use different equipment or weapons or whatever it is. What we do is that we're prepared. We've made sure we've stocked up our bag, you know, with all of our tools and shit. And depending on what kind of animal we're going to go up against in the wild, it might be a buying lion or it might be a selling bear in this case. I like as corny it. as that is. No, I like um, it. Depending on that, you'll then be like, all right, what tools do I need to deploy to come out better in this outcome? So the preparation is identifying what animal you're up against. Two, it's identifying, all right, what do I need to use? And do I have the tools that are going to actually help me win this? Mm. If it's not, if I don't have all the tools, so you don't have the tools for every situation. You have the tools for situations or animals in this case that you've fought numerous times. Yeah. So if you can do that judgment and you go, like, all right, cool. I've got a fair few of my tools in my bag that I know, because some of them might not be available. So think of it this way, some of them are unavailable sometimes. Maybe you've lost one on a way, you gotta pick another one up, whatever it is. But if you've got the available tools, or in this case, the confluences for the trade, and there's an opportunity to use at least three of those in this engagement, then you've got a higher chance of winning. Is three, did you pick three as as just an analogy, or three is Well, like three is actually um, like, it's a good it's a good benchmark to go off when you're doing a trade because Okay. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to come. No, 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 that's fine. I was gonna say, is it three because you were talking about patterns before and patterns being absolutely essential and yep. three is the minimum amount of occurrences for something to happen to be called like to Vi be able to viable. think about it as as the kind of a pattern because two things can happen randomly. Yeah. Um but as Three, if three things happen in a row that are all indicating the same thing, then that's. Well, I guess well, could you say the same for two? I you even say the same. So you can say the same for one, right? Because um, but it's not a very val. Let, let's say right. There's something about what is it about three though? Oh, I mean, I I said three because like if I'm gonna um, it just when you like you're stacking up your your confidence chips, yeah. right? And the confidence chips are based on experiences you've had in life. <coughs> you know, if you know you've fought a billion bears before. What's another bear gonna be dear? You're good, you know? Uh, so right, it's okay. like, for me, it's like, okay, if I'm in a trade, same in buys, right? Cool, I'm in buys on uh, British pound, Japanese yen. I'm, I'm about to place the buy, sorry. I've seen a certain pattern, which is might be like the way, um, like the candles, I wanna use candles right now. The way prices, like it's, say it's hit this price of 160 yen per pound, this price level, it's yep. hit that, like it's hit that same price like three times, right? Yeah. I've known in future periods, like looking back in the past, maybe maybe the last day, I've seen this pattern occur where it's gone to the same price point numerous times and then 
made its move up. Mm. So I can use that, right, as one confidence chip. Okay, that's pretty cool. I've seen that before. Nice. Mm. Then I start to see, oh, wow, it's um hit that price heaps now and it's now done a full, like, massive breakup. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh, wow, I've seen that a fair few times you know, in the past that it's done that and now it's showed me that it's moving in that direction. Cool, confidence chip number two. Mm. So now I'm stacking up these confidence chips and because I've seen these trades numerous times, I know that my tools, I've got the tools, I'm confident because I've seen this before and I've got the tools to execute on each of these scenarios. Mm. And the last one, let's just say hypothetically, is that, oh, it's um, London sessions opening, right? I look at the time, what time are we in? Oh, the new London session's about to open, it's around 4 p.m. I've looked at this in the past and I've seen that, oh, around this time, this pattern has happened, three bounces on a price. Yeah. It's made a massive impulsive move up and it's always been in London session. And then usually after that, it makes it, it keeps continuing. Mm. So I've got confidence chip number three, cool. I've seen, I'm feeling pretty confident now. I've seen this before. This is a high probability trade. I've got all my tools ready to rock and roll. That's the three, boom, I place it. So your tools in this case are identifying those three different things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you for that walkthrough. That was very, um, it was very specific, like enough to actually go, ah, right, that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. So the animal in those cases was were the the currency. Yep. Um, and then... Maybe the direction, you know, if it's a buy or sell, for example. Okay. Yep. Yep. Just knowing, oh, because in this, in this case, it's like, well, you're either buying or selling. So at least yep. knowing what is your bias, <laughs> yep. you know, you got to know... That, yeah, exactly. What are you, as in, what are you biased towards yeah. buying more or, or selling, selling more? more? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is one more risky than the other? Nah. I, um, nah. It's, well, it's not, no, they're both the same. But it's riskier <laughs> to buy when you say, when the charts are showing you that it's still going lower and lower and lower. Mm. It's like the bear, the bears against the bulls. Yep. You know, they're against each other, but there's more bears at the moment, which is why price is going down. Yeah. When you start seeing price going up, then it's probably, a, you got a better chance of just, you know, going with the bulls. Mm. It, it, it's, it's literally like that. It's just, um, yeah, your bias, they're, they're both the same, right? But it, depending on like, like you don't want to be um, fighting, you don't want to be fighting a, if you're a bear, right? Or say, yeah, you're a bear and I'm a bull. You don't want, if we both have to always fight every day, right? Like every day we meet up and we fight. Mm. You would rather the bull come to your bear village and fight you in your home ground. Yep. Rather than, you know, you yeah. coming to my home ground and yep. try to fight me. So that's the same thing. that's comfortable, whether it's yep. buying, yeah. whether it's selling. See where, see if you're going into, yeah, are you, are you backing the person who's in their home ground with all yep. the supporters or are you backing the underdog? Yeah. You know what I mean? So you said before as well, you said that, you know, with the, it may hit a certain point and it may do that three times yep. and then it spikes up and yep. you said, um, and I wasn't sure whether you just use this as an example or whether this time period was relevant, but you yep. said, oh, okay, I saw that happen yesterday. Now you were going to bring this up. <laughs> yeah. Is yesterday or how far back do you stretch? into your memory yeah. to go, hmm, 
Well, um, I've seen that. I knew I said that. And I knew you were going to bring this up. So, <laughs> I know it's good. It's good. Yeah. No, um, I use that just as an example. There wasn't yeah. a reason why, but um, usually when you like, so you're going through this whole trading journey, the way you learn to recognize patterns is through back testing. Okay. So what I used to do is I used to go just back weeks on end, and I would just like maybe then go down to a lower time because you can scroll back. You know, you can scroll back on the. You don't just see what's happening right now. Mm. You don't have to remember anything. All they say is look left. <laughs> you yeah. get the charts up. Just all right, cool. Let me just literally just flick the screen. Where have I seen this happen before? You know what I mean. Mm. So it doesn't have to be a day. It could have happened an hour ago. I saw that same pattern happen. I just used. I don't know. I just said day because I was like, oh, have it probably. If I'm on a one hour time frame, I imagine I've seen that one hour pattern. Mm happen a lot over the past couple of days yeah in that particular so we're talking from four to five o'clock yeah as an example yeah yeah as an example like you know over five days maybe it's occurred three out of five days at that same time this Mm. one hour pattern you know what i mean but obviously um yeah if that that makes does that make sense Yeah, yeah yeah so you're not just looking for that same pattern uh you know, at, in a in a different um, uh, what did you call it trading region? Yeah. Like if you're talking in, do you say Japan? You yeah, say or New York, for example. New yeah, New York. Yeah. So you're not just looking. Oh, I've seen that pattern in New York's one when I'm currently in looking in London, um, but you're keeping at the same place and a similar time frame as well in in the day. Yeah. So some yeah, that's right. Um, sometimes, and this is. It, it can be a bit more fluid than that as well. Yeah, you know? I, would, I but, imagine but, 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 so. But that's but exactly yeah. right. You, yeah, it's like um, these are just... Say, it's, I've seen that this time before. I've seen this pattern at this time. There's a high chance I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win this trade. Mm. And I try to keep those consistent every trade. Now, there are always days that you fuck up. Mm. <laughs> Some days, yeah. Does that... Um, those? How much does getting... Like you're talking about early hours of the morning. Yeah. I am the sort of person that I kind of need a decent amount of yeah. sleep. How much does tiredness or just general irritability or you know, you're hungry or whatever, how much does that play a role? Because even like in psychology, they've done <laughs> crazy studies um, where they look at judges and their sentencing and that if you appear in front of a judge before lunchtime, you're more likely to get a harsh sentence than because they haven't eaten. And then after lunch, and this is this is so they've done they randomised it so that like they're looking at uh, I guess you can't really randomise it too much, but you 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 get enough data to be able to find a general trend of. Um, judges sort of yeah. actions and linking it back into the yes. trades and things like that. How much does that, do you find that that has an impact or Massively. you've learned to be um, No, so I'm, I'm actually like, I need a good night's sleep, right? So I don't usually trade New York. Yeah. I, I don't, I need my sleep. So for me, it's like, I, I my main like time period that I trade is between four and 10 p.m., which is a London session. Okay. Or oh, four and 12, but actually... New York will cross over around the 10 p.m. mark, but I don't trade the late night hours. Yeah. So I might have to finish work and then um, I'll trade when I get home. I've still got a couple of hours or whatever. Or if there's nothing, you know what I mean? I, I, 
I know for a fact if I'm tired, if I'm hungry, mm. fucking stay away. Mm. If I've had a few drinks, don't drink and trade. Yeah. <laughs> like your confidence is through the roof. You think you're invincible. Yeah. Seriously, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, I, it 100% does affect. Because it's all your mind. Is it, how quickly are you going to make a decision? How emotional How emotional are you? Because all those like food, um, you know, lack of sleep, all it, it, it affects like the chemistry in your brain, mm. you know? And it affects your, like usually people who haven't slept for days are emotional as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Who haven't eaten. I'm the worst. If I don't eat, I'm useless. Like mm. I'm useless. I can't do shit. I can't think. I can't do anything. Yeah. Like I just need food. I'm super irritable <laughs> yeah like i wonder whether it also plays like whether age um like in something that i'm really fascinated in is that before around the age of 25 is when your brain fully mm. develops and the part that um develops last is the called the or it's in the frontal lobe so the prefrontal cortex, cortex which is the bit that's at the front of the frontal lobe if that makes sense yep and that part is responsible, well, for a lot of things, um, but a big role that it plays is in setting context to where you are. That's why when, you know, for example, saying, oh, you either win or you learn, your frontal lobe, your prefrontal cortex in particular is activated when you go, oh man, I sucked at that. Oh, hang on a second, wait, but I can learn. So your frontal cortex is recontextualizing the situation to for a different meaning. Another thing that it does is it inhibits your impulses. So that you know when you get tired and things like that, that is starting to shut down. And when you're dreaming, when you're asleep, your frontal lobe isn't as active. That's why dreams can context is just all over the all place. Over. So you're getting wow. tired and that's starting to shut down. Um, but I wonder how much age plays a role in how old were you when you started training? Um, what was it? 24 okay right so kind of getting towards yeah the those later stages and it, it depends from person to person some people you still see people who are like you know 40 and they're still acting quite <laughs> impulsively and, and you see like some that. young people who are like jesus like they've somehow <laughs> yeah seem to have their head screwed on or whatever yeah. but yeah i was just wondering uh, i would it would be interesting well actually that remind that um, begs the question is there a particular age range or st you mentioned stereotypes with um 4x yeah trading you mentioned there's a stereotype there are you talking about a particular type of person that engages with that stereotypically um no, no not necessarily that i just think that there's been a lot of say like online you know push of 4x trading you know be oh, trade right. to be a millionaire you know, you can do this, you know, follow my course and all this kind of like, it's really this lot of like false sense of like, yeah, what success is. And like, you know, kind of just like, it's been given a bad record. Because a lot of people are scammers as well. You got to mm. find the right people. So what I mean by like, I guess not necessarily, maybe stereotype was the right word, but it's like, it's got this bad image Yeah. that, you know, oh, you're doing Forex training. It's got a bad name because there's been so many people who have lost money from being ripped off by scammers online and the Lambo lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they talk about, the Lambo lifestyle. Look at me and my Lambo. And look, again, it's me being vulnerable here. It's like when I started, it's like, I remember when I made some money, it wasn't even crazy, but I was like, I was like, look, let me go see what BMWs are there. <laughs> bro, bro, bro. Everyone, I mean it, dude. I was like, man, uh, like, you know, 
I, I mean it, like it kicked out so much ego because I had to constantly get fucking, it fell on my face. Mm. Every, I would notice periods I'm doing well, I'm in control and I'll let this creep in and it put me back. Mm. It's that whole Lambo lifestyle. You Look at me and my Lambo. Wouldn't you want to be there too? Forex mm. trading is the way. It's that whole like, that whole lifestyle around it. And I think it's very, it's, it's not an eat, it's not a get rich quick thing. Mm. Like you got to dedicate usually three to five years. Like you go to uni, like you're doing a course. You literally have to, you're not just going to put a thousand dollars in and make a hundred K. Yeah. You, you might, after you've been doing it for eight years. Yeah. yeah you probably can because you can do it. Um, but it's not a get rich quick scheme. And that's what yeah. I learned. I didn't, well, actually, if I'm being honest, I always was thinking like, oh, what can make me the quick, like, I mean, I was always in it for the long haul, but I wanted the grat. Like, go back to my first point. The gratification was always like, I want it now. Yeah. When I started to step away, and I realized that, okay, no, I don't need like. So I, when I first started, I used to post about trading and stuff. I did. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, yeah, it's not like I wasn't selling anything. I was just like, oh, this is sick, man. This is awesome. And over the past year and a half, probably two years, I died. I don't even say it anymore. Like, I mean. I think I even told you I was doing forex. I think Ben brought it up first. Yeah, <laughs> like, did. like I didn't meant. I just like I've completely changed. And obviously, if you ask me about it now, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to talk about it. But it's like, well, yeah, that's what I was hoping like, for the conversation yeah. for. But are you saying outside? Yeah, of it, it's like I don't feel like to... I feel the need now to talk about it. Or, you know, it's not about that. This is what I'm doing. It's a long term strategy. I'm just gonna do me. I don't need to prove to anyone that you know, I'm willing to put in my yards and then have the gratification later. But it's not sold like that. And, and I think the patience, every time I put a deadline, I was like, you know what, I got to do it by this time. It wouldn't happen. Ever since I got rid of the deadline, because the deadline is based on me being like, oh, I did it by this amount of time. I can finally prove to people that, you know, I made it. As in you did it, as in you made a certain amount of money in a particular Yeah, there's that. Deadline. Yeah, exactly. Um, or... Um, like, no, for example, like, I want to quit my job and go trade full-time. That was yeah. my biggest thing. It's like, oh, now I'm a full-time trader. Mm. Oh, how cool does that fucking sound? Yeah. It doesn't, it's not. No one, no one gives a shit. Yeah. You know what's funny enough? <laughs> no one gives a shit. <laughs> like, no, I'm like, when you start, you think, oh, everyone look at me, man, I'm this trader. Yeah. Right, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> like, and you know what? I, and this is what it, it made me realize. Like, you know what? No one cares. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Mm. You're not doing it for anyone. You're doing it for yourself. And you always start off on this path. And this is why I love the whole training thing because it's not even about the money anymore. It's about just realizing that you, it just kicks all that ego out of you. It just does. And then you apply that to every other aspect in life. And it's like, I used to always think Forex is the only way. I seriously, I was like, you know, this is my thing. I don't need to even worry about my job and stuff. I'm going to be a trader full time. It's going to happen. Mm. And I'd always bypass other opportunities. And lately, I've been like, you know what? Yeah, trading's sick. And I'm going to keep doing it. It's my baby. I love it. But there's so much shit I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Mm. How can I say no to all this other stuff? Because I'm so zoned in on just my thing. Mm. The world's massive. And that's when I realized I'm a small fish in a massive pond. Mm. Like, I know fuck all. (laughs) So getting into what other forms of trading was something that you're interested in? You you mentioned before um, events is still a passion of yours that you would, um, you know, that's still on your mind or has played on your mind or whatever. 
other things in addition to those or are um, in that field? In a nah, like field? Um, I would say pretty much most fields now. Like just, I'm like so, I'm, I'm so happy to listen to advice now, for example. Like I'm, more, I'm way more receptive now to anything I don't know. I used to always be like, well, no, I don't need that because I've got this. <laughs> but yeah. now it's completely changed. It's like, oh, I've never heard about that. Like you say, you love to learn. I feel like for me, I always liked to learn things that I wanted to learn. <laughs> but I wasn't necessarily receptive to things that other people wanted me to learn. Yeah. Because I always have this filter. Because I was looking through life of, say, being an events, an events director lens mm. or a, a trading lens. Yeah. When in fact, it should just be coming through the lens of Taryn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are just other things. None of those identify me as the person. I used to attach my identity. Muay Thai. Oh, I'm doing Muay Thai now. I'm looking at the world through a Muay Thai lens. Yeah. But no, it's like these are all just different things. I'm just me. And that's where I think it's really separated. Oh, it's like kind of elevated my mindset now. It's like I can do different things, but I'm still just me. Let me go get some new glasses. Someone else to show me some new lens. Mm. Let's have a look. Yeah. You know? And I think that's like, now it's not even about trading. It's, it's not even now. Like I do it and I love it. But I'm now like wanting to see what else is out there while I'm doing. I don't know. Like it's that's a really cool, a really cool voice, man. Like the, and not necessarily what I expected from this conversation. I mean, I didn't really have too much expectations. I yeah. just like to go with the flow. Go with the flow. But you're saying that you were able to abstract some kind of ethic out of trading, which a lot of people kind of. Uh, it's like how people talk about big pharma. They just—it's just awesome to just hate on it from, from <laughs> yeah. the outside. Like it's just—it's just part. You know what I mean? Yeah, exa- exactly. Exactly. Um, but to be able to abstract some kind of—it uh, almost sounds like its own form of—and I don't want to—I um, don't want to over-conflate this, yeah. but uh, some kind of ego transcendence to go. Ah, oh, right. My identity is not this, and not this, and not this. I'm this kind of um, this fluid uh, system in the middle. Of this, ex- uh, as I think about it, this the experiencer. Um, if we were to talk about it like a canvas and a painting, you've got the actual white canvas, and then you've got all the paint that's been. You can draw one painting over it, and then paint back over that painting and wait for that to dry, and then do another one. You've still got the canvas at the very bottom that has experienced all of those different expressions of, you know, learning and different domains and interests. So that's really interesting to hear that that's what you've gotten out of it. Yeah, man. It's like, and back, exactly. Because those like identities, right? You would attach yourself to an identity. Now I did this, what I always did. I always attached them to different identities. And I have to think, why am I doing that? I'm doing that to give a certain image, right? Yeah. Why am I doing this image? Because I'm trying to obviously impress, or, you know, I'm trying to obviously show the world that I'm something, right? That I'm good enough. Mm. Look at me, I'm good enough. But the whole, all it comes back to is like letting go that none of that shit actually matters. Mm. Like it doesn't. Mm. It's like... And it's interesting because, and I agree with you, none of it matters, but you as the experiencer still do. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes. So there's still something in there that does. It's not that the world has no meaning. Yeah, um, no, exactly. It's just that 
the the attaching to some static oh my identity this is me it's who i am and then you're in a completely different scenario um, where that identity isn't relevant and it's like oh yeah. uh, what now are you scratching your head you know <laughs> damn yeah mm. no that's spot that's fucking spot on mm. it's like it's it's like it doesn't matter about the external benefits of what those things are doing but internally it matters to me but the mm. focus is now on just you know I'm doing things for me mm. I'm not doing it to prove value or to do it for anything else it's like I'm just I'm just going to do what I'm going to do and I think that there is one uh, something that might be a little bit more controversial yeah. with money you said at the beginning about uh, oh sorry not at the beginning you said probably I don't know five minutes yeah. ago that uh, when you started doing it, you were posting about it and presumably you were posting wins or do you also post losses? Well, that's the thing. Like, or you didn't post anything that had specific dollar amounts nah, per se. I posted um, like more trading uh, quotes and stuff. Okay. Well, it's yep. like, um, there'd be the odd time here and there that I'd post a winning trade, right? Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't just like, oh, you know, let me post fucking you know, this and that. It was yeah. like once in a while I'd post a trade I was happy with. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is cool. But it wasn't like, oh, wow, look at me and all that. But it was like, I was proud. Like, I was just proud to say, oh my God, I've never heard of this thing. Mm. And like, oh my God, it actually worked. <laughs> Did you experience any, um, backlash or, you know, whatever from those sorts of posts? Um, of your no, no, not really, not really the posts because okay. they, they, um, they, they weren't say like, it wasn't like a hardcore, like, wow, this is the way you got to do it. You know, okay. it was just more like, oh, I'm stoked to have like learned, you know, a bit of this skill. It's really cool. In there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I would show the post. There wasn't like, you know, it wasn't coming at it from like a, oh, I'm better than all you mm. kind of post. It was just more like, I was just proud to share that. Oh, like I've actually dedicated my time to something and it's, and I wasn't even consistent back then. You know what I mean? It was, but it's just like those little milestones like, oh, hey, you know, Look at this. It's actually a cool thing that no one really believed in. It's doing something now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, I didn't get any backlash from it. No, not at all. It was like, just people like, oh, that's sick, man. Like it was, it was cool. Mm. But it wasn't, um, yeah, no backlash. I got backlash from like, when I first started learning it. Because <laughs> everyone was like, no way, you can't do that, man. That's Dangerous. just gambling. That's risky. Yeah. Like you'll not be able to make it. Just focus on getting your job. And I was like, like that. <laughs> but, in saying that having a full-time job, which I was always against, it set the foundations mm. for me to just chill the fuck out. Mm. <laughs> it's not bad to work full-time. In fact, it's it's good, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, cause then Get your feet, you, you need something. to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's exactly like, it's all about, oh, well, I don't need to, and that's where my ego is always there. It's all pink. It's like, it's always about like, oh, no. I don't need a backup plan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this. It's yeah. gonna happen. <laughs> Fuck it. It's gonna happen. It does not matter. You and guys... everyone loves an underdog story. I mean, the people around <laughs> you, they don't, they don't. They're just obviously they're looking out. For they're you, looking out for me. For yourself, you're <laughs> like, mate. Everyone loves an underdog story. So let me be you that know, person. Let, yeah, I can be that, and I, I don't, I won't let anybody else stop you me. You know, I was listening to some <laughs> YouTube video. Well, they were talking about Steve Jobs and how many people told him that it wasn't what he was doing was wrong. It's not possible, and 
I mean, Steve Jobs is quite notorious for being, you know, rude about how he conducted yeah. himself. Apparently, I'm not calling myself an expert by any stretch, but then you look at what what he went and did, and he changed the entire world. So then you go, okay, well, that mindset isn't completely ridiculous. And then you get into like, oh yeah, you know, oh maybe I'm just not that special one. You know, that's one only. But you can't you can't allow space for that kind of thinking to be accepted within you. Otherwise, I feel like it's kind of more of a hindrance. You can acknowledge that sec- uh, thoughts that might be uh, like second guessing are going to arise. I was talking about this with Ben with his fight. Like, what do you what do you do if you're walking down there and you're like, gosh, there's somebody else in the ring there. Like, they're going to try and what's that? What's it, what's what it do called? You do? What's it called? It's like that um something dilemma, like the. I know you said it before. It's like imposter syndrome or something, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Is that, is that, yeah. The, is that what it is? When it's your bad I mean, thoughts possibly, come in? yeah. I mean, that would be one kind of um, manifestation of it if you're attaching yourself to the oh, identity, yeah. for sure. Um, I, I think I've hopped, skipped and jumped. No, no, no. No, you are, I no, no, I, no, I just... Sorry, I took you off. You were talking about Ben. How the second those thoughts yeah, come Yeah, and up. just to sorry. be able to... Um, to be able to go, okay, well, I know that those thoughts are going to arise where I go, mm, maybe I can't do this. Um, but to still, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. To sit, yeah, no, it's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, the way, um, I think if I understand, and you probably come at it from a different angle, but I think I'm going to say in a different way, but it will mean the same as you is I, I think that now everything I got to do is got to be based on a risk to reward or like a, a probabilities, mm. if that makes sense. Like just whatever decision it might be, like, you know what? If I'm going to go balls to the wall, like, yes, he did it, but I got to be real. It's like, all right, cool. It's possible. So I'm not going to stop my dream, but what is the, like, and that's being brutally honest with yourself. It's like, what are the probabilities that I can follow that exact same trajectory? Okay, nice. You put that into a probability rather than a rather than a okay, well, like there is a chance for me because there's always a chance for anybody. Yeah. But let's not be ridiculous with my efforts. Let's try and be calculated. That's an interesting way of framing it too, because then you give yourself some you still remain, so you, you still uh, have some self worth that can help yeah. you move move forward. Because otherwise, you get people like, have you come across David Goggins? Yeah, insane guy. And like, he's a sort of he's a sort of person where he goes, now nah, whatever you want to do, you can do it. You just have to go a hundred percent. And I go, huh? Whatever you want to do, or are there some things that you just can't do? And yeah. I think that there probably are some there are, there are. things that you can't do, but what is the value of thinking like that if there is something that you really do want to do? Then you've added something else that, um, to help your kind of uh, analysis of where you want to go, which is that, what did you, what did you say? Risk to a reward. Yeah, yeah. To a reward. <laughs> yeah, which is, I, I like that way of framing it. It's like, which like, there's always going to, there's always going to be something you got to give. Like, and it sounds silly, but you know, there's always, everything's energy, you know? It's always a balance of energies or, you know. Ben would love it. Oh, he'd love, yeah, exactly. Dude, we talk about <laughs> no, it. That's good. We talk I about like it a fair bit. And it's, um, if you've got, a, 
Yeah, it's your risk to reward. So like, what am I willing to give up? And what do I see the potential outcomes are? Mm. The way I look at it is if I'm going to give up everything now um, and just try and go balls to the wall, right? Look, the reward is there, but the risk is even higher right now. Because based on my tendencies, I'm worse when I spend all the time on the charts. For example, I use that as, as an example. I'm actually better when... I'm not even doing it full time. I'm doing other things that I'm also passionate about. I trade as well, and then I make more money. <laughs> really? You find that you're better than that even though you're spending less time looking over patterns. So you find that you're, is it, okay, no, actually I'll ask as a question. Why do you think that that is, that that balance works better for you? Um, so I've done, an, like say I've studied the first two years, two and a half I was saying, Die hard into the charts. I mean, hours a day, Friday nights, Saturday mornings. Before I'd go to work, I'd do. I'd watch a webinar. I'd be journaling. If you've been been seen him, he's seen all of these printouts of charts, markups. Like I've I've spent fucking a long time. We've got like a an online course that we did. It's like um like 120 hours or something. I've done okay. it. I've done it practically twice. It's like a tape course. It's fucking heaps. There's like yeah. there's like 80 webinars. They're all an hour or something plus each. Mm. And then there's all these other videos. I've done that twice. The whole, I've gone the whole, through the whole course twice. But now I've realized that the more I spend time on the charts, you know, I don't need, like, I've always learned stuff, yes, but I know what I'm looking for, you know? And I've learned enough that it's like, I don't need to get every trade, you know? With a decent enough capital size, you know, I only need to take a couple of trades and like, it's good. I can make some good money, you know what I mean? I don't need to be on it 24 seven because then, your brain just warps whatever you see. It, it's just, if you stare at something so long, or you focus on one thing so long, your brain starts to trip out. Mm. It starts to like think, or oh, maybe it's something I'm missing here. What's this? Like it just, it just oh, whatever it is, I don't know why, but I've now realized I know what I'm looking for. But after those years of like studying and trying to figure out my plan, and I know that for me, I'm, I see clarity when I see things first or second glance. Mm. You know? Does it have more of a... That almost sounds like using the experience that you've had um, and the time and effort that you've put into it and then um, allowing intuition to kind of take a role, which interestingly enough is intuition comes more with a level of expertise. Like intuition means very little if you haven't had like Experience, I do jujitsu yeah. and um on the first day rolling in jujitsu that's what it's like the sparring that's what they call it in jujitsu is rolling if you use your intuition to try and get out of a position that you're in you're never going to get out of it <laughs> like the experience doesn't allow you anything yeah but if you have some knowledge of some of the areas that you've been in you can let intuition kind of take over a little bit more and get into the flow of it. It's interesting what you said about needing some time away to help. I was thinking intuition or perhaps creativity. Intuition, intuition. seems to be more your your spot on, Byron. Yeah. What like you talk about with your BJJ, you get a bit more experience. So you just and you can't describe it, but you start to just like. You know that you've seen these certain movements in roll in like rolling before, you know. Mm. You, but you don't consciously think of it. <laughs> mm. It's subconsciously programmed because you're so interested in it. You obviously like 
developed enough experience and through enough experiences you form like patterns patterns and those patterns then obviously how you you know they change your habits or it might be the other way around but you know it's and then you start to mold yourself around this kind of new way of thinking and so you know something that was originally unfamiliar is now familiar Mm. but you got to go through that process to find the new familiar Mm. and that new familiar i guess i i know what it like i kind of just you just know but it's from the yeah you know all the experience of trying to build that that muscle or whatever my my intuition muscle if you want to call it is that it's almost it is from expertise though and i wouldn't say i'm an expert at all no way i just think i've definitely learnt a lot more than say the normal person yeah i've given myself that time anyone can do it if they want to put their well majority i think can do it if they but it's not their priority but yeah for me it's like i've learned that stepping away <laughs> coming back your whole body it's like your whole nervous system whatever it is you know you're always firing like you say when we were on lofty we we're talking about i think you know what's a th- you know when you've got a threat right how does it affect your breathing and you know mm. your brain's always firing neurons and things like that all the time millions and trillions or whatever it is you know if that's all scattered of course you're going to make decisions that are a little bit you know unstable wayward yeah but you know if you can kind of come in with clarity you know that most of your neurons find in alignment for certain mm. things mm. and then you start to think with a clearer picture yeah. i found that yeah when i step away i come back because if you stay on the charts too long your ego will come in there that's what i was wondering with what you said before i was you you know yeah you're there you're there oh, i've got to win i've got to win soon it almost sounds almost like addiction. gambling and addiction and, and, yeah. yep and addiction yeah. is purely emotional and then you're gambling <laughs> yeah and then the same in the same vein with what we're talking about the prefrontal cortex you're on the charts for extended periods of time you're getting tired and then there's something i'm not sure if you've heard of the confirmation bias i have heard of the confirmation bias a, but you yeah. ex- you'll explain it better yeah. so it's um i'm not claiming to be an expert either but um people tend to uh i was going to say attend to but i'll try and use a different word people tend to recognize things and take in information that is consistent with their beliefs of the world because your brain doesn't want to like we think about you going to the gym and like because you want to get fitter or you your brain is working you know kids learning how to balance or you know whatever because your brain wants to get stronger i and again i could be wrong but i actually think it's your body and brain and you know everything associated with it they actually just want to make it easier for yourself it just doesn't want to have to work so hard to do the things that you're mm. you're putting the pressure under so linking back to confirmation bias rather than having to process all of this information that goes against what you believe if you're doing a trade and you're like oh yeah. i've seen this pattern before you know and maybe you're kind of going oh is that the same yeah. pattern it was a different time <laughs> yeah. but it's a similar thing you know and your brain's going well i don't want to do the extra work to have to and be to to be honest and humble with myself i don't want to do the extra work i'm looking for it and that fits <laughs> my model of the world so i'm going with it and you know what i mean that's it, that, does that sound relatively a hundred percent Byron. That's, okay that's that's actually so true mm. it's like 
you'll start to look for things that you want to see. Mm. You, you, you're trading what you want, not what you see at that mm. point. <laughs> yeah. And that's when your whole your whole lens that you're looking through at the charts now is coming from a whole different perspective, not yourself. Mm. So Yeah, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Well, man, I've, uh, I've gotten so much more oh. out of this conversation than of what I could even have, <laughs> have hoped for. I mean, I, like I said, I didn't come in with anything in particular, like um, aside from talking a little bit about trading, but man, I feel like I've learned quite a well, bit. Well, you're good. Like you think exactly the same and you got so many things that even I'm like, fuck, I haven't heard shit said like that. Like to be able to, I guess I think what you do really well is that you're able to digest totally new content, right? but you're listening and you're able to kind of put it in your own way and ask it back with no right or wrong. I don't know, like you just, you're open to it, you're listening and you're really trying to understand. And that makes it so much easier to have a conversation. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's just like you're listening to understand, you're not listening to respond Mm. or reply. And that makes all the difference because that means... I feel more comfortable sharing stuff and you feel more comfortable sharing stuff. Mm. And I think like, and I didn't want, cause I, I wanted to make sure with this, like, you know, especially it's called malleable minds, right? I don't want it to be about say necessarily the process, like training is the best way to explain, you know, but it's not actually even about say financial markets or anything. It's about that journey of building your mind and understanding the different aspects mm. that make you act the way you do. And if you don't like it, what things can I do? To change that. Like that's not, the whole thing is all we go through in life is trying to understand why we do the things we do. Mm. And I think that's probably, it's good that we ended on the, you know, the podcast like mm. with that as the focus of everything. Because I think that's what people, this is why, where your value is fucking sick. Because mm. that's what you want to come across. Yeah. So I think yeah, yeah, it's been it's been perfect. Like it's been good. Thanks heaps, man. Well, let's, let's do it again. Sometime. Oh, 100%. And then maybe this time, We'll flip it around. We've got to get the host. All right, sure. <laughs> get the host doing no worries, it. man. We'll, we'll try so and we'll do that. So we'll interview Byron. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. Thank you.